the Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, Incident 259, written by Don Quinn. Music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Our Love Affair. often noticed how important floors are to the appearance of a home? It is a fact that mellow, gleaming, waxed floors bring out the beauty of everything in the room, adding a rich charm that you can acquire in no other way. Throughout America, there are countless floors that are made more beautiful every year with Johnson's Wax. Every application of this famous floor wax gives increased protection and beauty. Johnson's Wax gets down into the pores of the wood, seals out dirt, protects the finish against scuffing feet and sharp heels, and it does away forever with tiresome floor scrubbing. And besides its use on floors, there are more than 100 extra labor-saving uses in your home for genuine Johnson's Wax. Protects and beautifies furniture and woodwork, windowsills, parchment lampshades, leather goods. You can buy Johnson's Wax in the familiar paste or liquid form, or in the new cream wax, especially formulated for easy use on furniture and woodwork. Order some tomorrow. It will probably be news to everybody that Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve keeps a diary. And it'll be bad news to Mr. Gildersleeve that a careless maid has thrown it out on the trash pile. But heaven knows what will happen when he discovers that it was picked up by Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Imagine me of all people finding Gildersleeve's diary. <laughs> We sure got the goods on the old rumble tumby this time, haven't we, Molly? <laughs> I'll bet this is going to be rich reading. Well, how can you read it? It's got a padlock on it. Oh, padlocks can be picked. Why, why, that would be just plain burglary. Ah, uh, whoever got pinched for opening a book? My Uncle Dennis did. He opened a book at 14th and Oak Streets, and the cops raided the joint before the first race was over. <laughs> well, be that as it may or may not be, or not, I'm going to open this diary and read it. Now, look, McGee. I'm pleading with you. I beg of you, don't pry into Mr. Gildersleeve's diary. Uh, it's none of our business, and we have no right to. Could you open it with a nut pick? <laughs> hey, that's an idea. Give me a nut pick. We haven't any nut picks, but I could run over the... Oh. Heavenly days. Hide that diary quick. It's Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, my gosh. Here, you take it. Oh, no, I'll hide it. Hard. No, you better oh, take oh, it. No, I'll sit on it. Oh, darn that padlock. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. Come in. Oh, there, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Pibber. I, uh, did, uh, did you... <laughs> oh, hi, Gildersleeve. What's the matter with him, Mrs. McGee? What makes him so twitchy? Well, I'm sure I don't know, Mr. Gildersleeve. Something wrong, dearie? <laughs> no, no, no. Whatever it is, I'll, I'll get over it. <laughs> In fact, I got a feeling I'm right over it. I mean, I'm over it right now. <laughs> hey, Gildersleeve, 
You carry any keys with you? Why, certainly, McGee. I always carry quite a bunch of keys. You oh. see? You got one, a, a little tiny one, say, that would uh, open a briefcase? Yes, indeed. Here you are. I think this little one will do it. Ah, what a cute little key. <laughs> What's it for, Mr. Gildersleeve? Why, that's the key to my... Di- uh, <clears throat> uh, let me see. Uh, what is that the key to? <laughs> that's odd. Uh, I don't seem to remember, McGee. <laughs> you don't, eh? <laughs> You men always carrying keys and not even knowing what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What are we laughing at? I don't know. Search me. Silly, isn't it? Well, here's the key, McGee. Thanks, Gildy. I'll return it to you tomorrow. No hurry. What's mine is yours, you know. Yes, he knows. <laughs> uh, by the way, McGee, I almost forgot. Here's a fish for you. A fish? For me? Yes. My brother came home with a big mess of trout. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hope you enjoy it. Cost about $18. I thought your brother caught it. He did, and the game warden caught my brother. (laughs) Well, good day, folks. Did you get that money? Get the idea? He's trying to bribe me. That's what he's doing. Bribe you to what? Not to open this diary. He doesn't even know you got his diary. That makes it worse. Trying to bribe me even before he knows what's happened. That settles it. Now I will read it. Give me that little key. Ah. Ah, there. Oh, dear, oh, dear. This is a shameful thing we're doing, McGee. It's like reading somebody else's mail. I'm so ashamed. Well, for goodness sakes, what does it say? Boy, he's sure been keeping this diary a long time. Look, it says Friday, August 19th, 1911. Stayed in bed all day today. Saturday, August the 20th. Stayed in bed all day again today. Sunday, August the 21st, stayed in bed all day. Monday, August the 22nd, pants returned from cleaners. (laughs) There's a note here that says, In future, don't send pants out on Friday as it makes for a tedious weekend. Hey, Molly, wait a minute. I just thought of something. What? I'm leaving my fingerprints all over this diary. Uh-huh. I thought your conscience would finally catch up with you. Now then, are you going to close up that diary and give it back to Mr. Gildersleeve? What else can I do? You could wear gloves. Huh? <laughs> I never thought of that. Where are my gloves? In the hall closet. In here? Yes, on the shelf there. Okay, here. as soon as I put these on... <laughs> Yes? Remind me to straighten out this closet tomorrow.
<laughs> hey, Molly, come here a minute. This is wonderful stuff. What is? This diary of Gildersleeves. Here's, here's our item for Friday, October the 23rd, 1929. Hey, that must have been the day the stock market crashed. What makes you think so? Well, all Gildersleeve has got down here for that day is... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> come in. Hi, mister. What you doing? Hmm? Watch it. I'm reading, sis. What you reading? A diary. Hmm? A diary, a diary. You know what a diary is? No, what? Well, a diary is a sort of a personal fairy tale with yourself as the hero. <laughs> you keep a diary? No. Well, why not? I don't like fairy tales, I bet you. <laughs> Gee, I quit reading them years ago. <laughs> what you read now, sis? Oh, John Steinbeck and Eugene O'Neill and <laughs> Ernest Hemingway and all stuff like that there. <laughs> Sis, do you mean to stand there with your little cheeks full of roses and your little tongue full of thorns and tell me you don't like Cinderella or Jack the Giant Killer anymore? I do. Well, what on earth is... Now, listen. Hmm? What did the fairy godmother ever give Cinderella that Scarlet O'Hara didn't get the hard way? <laughs> Can you take, for instance, Jack the Giant Killer? Huh? Why, he's a cream pop. He'd be a pushover for Superman. <laughs> I'll bet there's one fairy tale you still like. What? Little Red Riding Hood. All the kiddies like that one. Not me, mister. What? You don't like Little Red Riding Hood? No. Well, I think of that beautiful golden-haired little girl full of trust and innocence with a heart full of love and a basket full of groceries. Alone in that secluded cottage with a vicious, cruel, bloodthirsty animal. Ah, boy. <laughs> You mean you don't feel the slightest twinge of sympathy for Little Red Riding Hood facing that terrible fate? Emotionally, mister, it leaves me undisturbed. <laughs> and intellectually, I have only the utmost contempt for any little twerp, golden hair or no golden hair, who can't tell her own grandmother from a wolf. <laughs> Kid. Book publishers better get busy on some new children's books. Looks like their mother goose is cooked. <laughs> Let me see now. What did I do with Gildersleeve's diary? Oh, yeah. I have it right here, dearie. Listen to this item. It says, Dear Diary, I took my first airplane flight today. Uh-oh. It was a wonderful sensation, and I predict the day will come when people will travel from coast to coast in an airplane in ten hours. Say, that was a pretty smart hunch of Gildersleeve's. Yeah? How long ago did you write that? Well, let me see. Last Sunday. Hmm. <laughs> hey, Molly, let me take that diary. I want to see how many women there was in his life. Well, I've been all through it, and there's just one. Hmm. He married his childhood sweetheart. Shucks. Isn't that romantic? Uh, it's romantic, but it's awful dull. <laughs> Why, it's no such a thing. Mr. Gildersleeve is just a one-woman man. Yeah, I know. You'd call it faithfulness, and he'd call it love, but I'd call it just plain unpopularity. <laughs> well, now, just remember the old saying I just made up. If you're on the square, you can't be around her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a guy who keeps his feet firmly on the ground will never kick a field goal either. <laughs> Come on, let me take that diary. Uh, I'd only got to the part where Gildersleeve... Well, hello, folks. Here's what's doing. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. We stumbled across Gildersleeve's diary, Harlow. Imagine that big bean bag keeping a diary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why not? I keep one. What? You do? Certainly. 
My diary is simply a record of all the women who have loved me. Oh, sure. One of my dearest possessions. Well, heavenly days, here's a man talk. <laughs> Look, tall. Look here now, tall, dark, and mistaken. Don't give me that great lover business. I've known you for a long time, and the only heartburning you've caused women was from taking them to cheap restaurants. <laughs> now, wait a minute, short, sharp, and shapeless. <laughs> I didn't claim to be a great lover. I was referring to the women who love me because of what I've done for them, wow. like bringing Johnson's self-polishing glow coat into their lives. Why, I've been instrumental in giving thousands of women more leisure, more health, and more happiness. You mean every time a woman looks at a dirty old-fashioned mop, she thinks of you? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I mean, I represent the hours of drudgery saved by using Johnson's glow coat. Oh. Why, when I consider that a housewife just has to pour a, pour a small amount on the floor, spread it around, let it dry with no rubbing and no buffing, to get a beautiful polished kitchen linoleum in 20 minutes or less, why, uh... Why, it just makes life worth living to me. Uh -huh. I go home at night so proud and happy, I pour out my gladness to my diary. Oh. It's all so wonderful, uh -huh. so beautiful. Oh, but you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I understood him. <laughs> well, we just solved the secret of perpetual emotion, Molly. Just talked to Wilcox about glow coat. Yes, <laughs> he thinks the capital of the world is Racine, Wisconsin. And is there anyone in our little group who thinks otherwise? <laughs> Smart bunch of actors. <laughs> now, let's see. Where was I in this diary, Molly? I just... Hello, Peter. Hello, QB. Why, hello, Mr. DePopolis. What's on your mind, Nick? I was just passing you up when I happened to think about the footsie ball game we're going to. <laughs> How are we going? Well, we're all going in our car, Mr. DePopolis. Yeah, we'll all chip in for gasoline. Say about three, three bucks apiece. Hmm. Three bucks, any of us are three dollars a piece of being a friend with Santa Keys, about twenty-four dollars. Mm -hmm. Hey, which way are we going? By the Burma Road? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have a wonderful time, Mr. DePopolis. You and us and Mrs. Uppington and Mr. Boomer and Mr. Wilcox and Mr. Gildersleeve. And the old timer. Well, that smartly is a heterogeneous post collection of personalities, isn't it? <laughs> if I do say so myself, and why shouldn't I? I'm one of them. <laughs> Why, you're three of them, if the facts were known. <laughs> That's pretty good, Cupy. But that ain't the way I hear... Oh, wrong character. <laughs> Say, what is that little volume of a book you have there, Fizzer? Oh, this happens to be Gildersleeve's personal diary, Nick. <laughs> pretty mushy reading, too. That guy drips like a rented bathing suit. <laughs> is that so? Well, I hope for the heavenly sakes of goodness that Mr. Goldensleeve is underwear of the facts that you're reading out of his diary. Hey, you ain't going to mention this to him, are you, Nick? Oh, now, Fizzer, are you afraid of this man Goldensleeve? <laughs> what do you mean, afraid of him? Why, I can take old Gildersleeve like nobody's business. One swing from me and he'll be hearing music from them heavenly zephyrs. You mean zithers. I think he means a heifer. I do not. A heifer is a guy that dances in vaudeville. That's a hoofer. Well, then what's a zephyr? It's a horse with stripes on it. <laughs> nah, that's a zebra. Well, Dad Reddit, what's all this got to do with Gildersleeve? Nothing, unless Gildersleeve has got a striped heifer that dances in vaudeville. <laughs> and if he has, it's too bad because there's no vaudeville. Well, so long. I'll see you later, kid. <laughs>
King's Men singing I Dream of Jeannie with the Light Brown Hair. Listen oh, to this. Here, here. Put Mr. Gildersleeve's diary away, McGee. It's Mrs. Uppington. Not Mrs. Abigail Uppington. In the flesh. In the powdered, painted, and well-girdled flesh. <laughs> Not so loud. The old moose will hear you. <laughs> Come in, Abigail. Oh, how do you do, my dear? Hello, Mrs. Uppington. And Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppity. Say, that's a pretty weird pair of riding britches you got on there. Please, Mr. McGee. These are job pulls. Oh. Well, I hope they fit him better than they do you, Abigail. <laughs> but uh, won't you sit down, dearie? Uh, no, no, thank you. I, uh, I've been riding for three hours in the park, and I... Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, and how it is, Uppy. I used to own a great little saddle horse myself. Very high-spirited, too. Should have seen him roll his eyes. Uh, that wasn't high spirit. Huh? He was just trying to see if he was still pulling the streetcar. <laughs> you have your own personal horse, haven't you, Mrs. Uppington? Well, yes, my dear. Oh, he's so sweet, really. Yes, and so very strange. Uh -huh. Yes, he's a high school horse. Oh. You don't say. I heard a few whinnies at the commencement exercises, but I thought it was the principal. <laughs> I simply love to ride. Yeah. When I'm cantering through the park, all my cares fade away. I feel as free as a bird. <laughs> yeah, but you can't fool a horse, Uppy. <laughs> he knows there's more than a handful of feathers in that saddle. <laughs> Ouch, Dad read it. I sat on that padlock again. Padlock? Ooh. Yes, this padlock is on a book, Mrs. Uppington. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say anything. But we come across Mr. Gildersleeve's diary. Yeah. It gives his personal history from way back. See, here it is. What? 
And Mr. Gildersleeve's own diary? Oh, let me see it. Hey, let go, Mrs. Uppington. Stop it. McGee, uh, help me here. Oh, I just want to see it. Oh, no. No, you can't. Oh, no, don't. Dad, grab it up. Let go of that book. Ah, oh, that's better. Hey, what's this diary to you, Uppy? What is it to me? Well, if you come across any entry dated June 21st, 1912, about Throckmorton taking a canoe ride with a certain young brunette... Yeah, but you're a blonde, Duffy. Not in 1912. Oh, my, what am I saying? <laughs> McGee, I'll bet she runs right over and tells Mr. Gildersleeve we've got his diary. What, uh, you mean she ain't discreet? Discreet? That woman whispers like a taffeta petticoat. <laughs> Tell you what I better do, Molly. I better run around. Are you in there, McGee? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, dear. Here it comes, dearie. Better roll up your sleeves. Oh, my gosh. I said your sleeves, not your trousers. How can I climb a tree with my pants catching on every little... How do you do, Miss McGee? Good day, Fibber. It's a lovely day, isn't it? Uh, uh, yes, it is, uh, Throcky, old pup. <laughs> Peach of a day. How's, uh, how's everything with you? Don't you house everything with me, McGee. Where's my diary? Diary? D -d -d diary? Well, well, let me tell you what happened, Gil. You see? I don't care what happened. All I know is that by hook or crook, you took my book. <laughs> Why didn't you write poetry like that in your diary, Mr. Gildersleeve? Never mind my diary. Yes, never mind his diary, Molly. And I don't mind saying I'm glad to get off the subject. Now, about this Notre Dame football game, Gildersleeve... Don't you try to change the subject, McGee. I'm going to thrash you within an inch of your life. Now, now. You leave him alone, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, I ain't scared of him, Molly. Here, take your old diary, Gildersleeve. And you know what? What? On page 713, under March 12th, 1919, you spelled hangover with two Gs. No! <laughs> That's enough, McGee. Take off your glasses. He doesn't wear glasses. I do, too. Look. <laughs> well, where on earth did you dig those up? Take them off, McGee. Why, you little booknapper, I'm going to hammer you into a meat pie and cover you with your own crust. <laughs> You just try it. I'll give you one punch in that paunch, and you won't wake up till, till the swallows come back from Castropano. <laughs> You're a hard man, McGee. I'm going to soften you up right now. Come on, put up your dukes. Here I come. Okay, okay. But I'll get you. I've been wanting to do this for... Boys, 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 stop that noise. Can't you see I'm talking on the telephone? Oh, excuse me, Molly. Uh, sorry, Mrs. McGee. Have a chair, Gildersleeve. She'll be through in a minute. Uh, very well, McGee. <laughs> have a cigar? Uh, thanks, I have one. You got two? Thanks. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. No, the diary belongs to a next-door neighbor, Mr. Gildersleeve. No, a Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. What? Well, just a minute, he's right here. Uh, what does the P stand for, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, Philharmonic. 
My father played the oboe in Philadelphia. <laughs> but who wants to know no, what... it's Throckmorton Philharmonic Guild. <laughs> no, I think the diary's the only thing he's written. Hey, what's the idea? What? Yes, we knew, uh, we knew it had great literary merit the minute we got a hold of it. Yes, indeed. No. Oh, no, I'm sure he wouldn't sell the rights to it. Here, here, wait a minute. By George, I don't know whether Pipe I... Pipe down, Gildersleeve. You don't know what this is all about. Either. <laughs> yes? Well, I'll inquire, but I don't think $10,000 in royalties would interest him at hey, all. Hey, no. $10,000? All righty. Oh, don't mention it. Goodbye. All right, McGee. Give the big crybaby his diary and let him go home. Here, Gildersleeve. Take it. Now, wait a minute, folks. $10,000. Maybe I was a bit hasty. Oh. But what about this about a publisher wanting my diary? Oh, what difference does it make? Yeah. No publisher would touch the thing anyway in its present form, and it would cost $25 to make carbon copies yeah. of it. Oh, I'll, I'll gladly pay that. Here. Here's $30. You do what you can to promote it for me, and I'll give you a generous slice of the profits. Is it a deal? Well, I don't know. After the way you act. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Mrs. McGee. I really am. I was a bounder. Gildersleeve, you're a cad. <laughs> I'm going to leave my diary here, folks. Now I'll go and leave you to your work. I don't know how to thank you. Both. Good day. Hey, Mom. Well, quick, McGee. Huh? Give me that $30 and get your hat. Uh, what for? Where are we going? Down to the telephone company and pay our bill. Our phone's been shut off for two days. What? It has? Oh, sure. Fibber and Molly will be back in just a moment. In the meantime, let me suggest that right now is a good time to protect your linoleum floors with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Bad weather days are ahead, and you know how hard it is to keep the children and delivery boys from tracking across the kitchen floors with wet, soggy feet. But if these floors are protected with Johnson's glow coat, you won't have to worry, because a damp cloth will quickly make them clean and sparkling again. Glow coat brings out the beauty of linoleum, keeps its colors fresh and clear. Many users tell us that glow coat actually makes their linoleum last six times longer than if it were unprotected. And, of course, one of glow coat's principal advantages is that it's such a wonderful labor saver. It requires absolutely no rubbing or buffing, you know. You simply apply and let dry, and in 20 minutes you have a floor to be proud of. If you don't already have Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on hand, buy some from your dealer. Next week, we're taking the whole gang to the Notre Dame-West Point football game in our car. Oh, uh, McGee, wait a minute. Huh? What are you going to do about those two flat tires? Uppington and Gildersleeve? Oh, just throw them in the rumble seat and ignore them. Oh. Good night. Good night, all. When you buy any one of the Johnson Wax products, you get your full money's worth in satisfaction. Be sure to ask your dealer for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for your linoleum, Johnson's wax for your floors, furniture, and woodwork, and Johnson's car new for your car. All these superior products are manufactured by S.C. Johnson & Son Incorporated, Racine, Wisconsin. We hope you'll be with us again next Tuesday night, same time, same station. This is Harlow Wilcox bidding you all good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.